everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by The Tees. Hello, Salon Pro. As pros, beauty boxes with sample sizes just don't cut it. How can you possibly know a product is right for your clients after trying a sample? You need full-size products to try, test, feel, and play with. Enter Hello Salon Pro, a full-size pros-only beauty box by The Tees. It's a bi-monthly subscription for salon professionals with five full-size products up to a $200 value for just $24.99 plus shipping. We send you everything from the most popular and trending brands to new innovations, large and small. Anything we think you might want to curate for your back bar or retail to your clients. Head to the tease.shop to subscribe for our next box, shipping every Friday starting February 15th. So I love February, mostly because it's my birthday month, Mm -hmm. but there's also a lot of big things happening. The Super Bowl, Rihanna, she's at that game, I think. Mm -hmm. And Valentine's Day. Or they're at her concert. (laughs) That's the way that I'd like to think about it. Indeed. I don't really have any skin in the game. Although previous podcast guests are rooting for a specific Philadelphia-based team. We'll see how that shakes out. I thought when you said skin in the game that you were going to go in for the pun, in for the like. And then I thought, no, he's not. <laughs> Fenty skin? No, no, no. That's too clever. Because he's not a football guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even think it dawned on him. <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> I love that for us. <laughs> what I don't love, Jeff, a topic I've got to talk about is mm-hmm. when bogus beauty nail and barbering licenses being sold under the table in DC. And I think that's gross. What do you think? Tell me about it. It's so bad. Um, I am partial to the DMV. Um, our guest today hails from this area. Mm-hmm. Um, it is sad that this this news story would bring shame to this special. I, it's bad. It's so bad. Right. I mean, Kelly, just like, okay. I fraudulently purchased Ooh. this license. Say I'm there. I, I bought this license. Yeah, hypothetical. Oh, okay. We're hypothetically. Okay. I, I'm not, this is not disclosing that I've done it, <laughs> to be clear. Um, I Say I buy it. Okay. I've got this license. I've got zero hours under my belt. Right. What do I do with that? Like, no, what, how do you even, okay. So you're like, okay, got a customer, right? Got a client. Mm-hmm. Let's do a crazy, awesome <laughs> Color melts and they're like, and you're like, what, how I can't, I don't know how to do it. So it makes no sense. Yeah. I don't understand this at all, but glad that the DC department of licensing and consumer protection stepped in because we don't need any frauds out there in our industry. No. Enough said. Enough said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good on them. My God. Ugh. Seriously. So on our last episode, we talked with James Jamez Smith. Jamez is the owner and creative director of Heretique Color and Design, located in Philadelphia, Roxborough section. From precision and freeform haircutting to fashion-forward hair coloring and a natural talent for taking hair to the next level, he landed positions with Lock Me Hair Care, DePasquale Salon System, Patrick Bradley Team, Hollywood, and Farouk Systems Creative Artistic Team. Now, Jamez is a member of the Elite Hair Color Organization, the American Board of Certified Hair Colorists. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tees and send in questions to volume up at thetees.com. This week, we're talking with Susan L. Peterkin, an award winning cosmetologist, hair loss expert, and pioneer in cosmetology and the natural hair industry. With over 35 years of experience, Susan is a voice of influence for natural hairstylists and naturalistas. As a visionary, Susan has been responsible for creating several firsts in the natural hair industry, such as creating and implementing the first texture hair care program at a correctional facility, 
teaching the natural hair course at Montgomery College. Shout out DMV. Opening the first all-natural, no-hair extension salon in the DMV, Jaha Hair Studio, from 1996 to 2021, and opening the first full-service natural hair salon located inside of a dermatologic office. On top of that, she's an immigrant from Jamaica with the most amazing voice, and you're going to love our conversation. All right. So excited for that interview. But before we get there, have you ever heard of the beauty, the clean beauty brand Kosas? Have I ever? Have you ever? I think we've talked about them on this very podcast. You're right. In a positive light. And wow, wow, wow. Were we wrong? Kelly. Okay. So they're under fire after a month old Reddit post resurfaced on TikTok because, you know, the digital footprints out there, y'all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's going to creep up on another platform. Footprint creeping. So there were allegations of mold in their concealer. And now people are questioning the clean beauty movement mm-hmm. altogether. Mm-hmm. What's your take on this? I'm horrified. <laughs> um, I mean, certainly this is what happens when there's not lots of additives and other preserved things that stabilize product over time for a long shelf life. Right. So maybe we reevaluate if we're doing this clean formulation, how long these things ought to be sitting out before they're, for sure. you know, dispo. I just, this is horrifying. The nightmare. If you, could you imagine? Because well, it's not that it's, it's a premium price point. This is not an inexpensive. Right. I, like any of their SKUs. So. And you know, like their revealer concealer has been touted as an essential product for the quote unquote clean girl aesthetic that's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so they were having a big moment. And uh-huh. this has sort of, again, raised some questions again. It's like, why don't we have, you know, efficacy shelf life? timetables around some of these products that don't have those mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. things in them. So anyway, an interesting thing out there from a Kosas makeup perspective. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Well, speaking of interesting things, there's so much that's going on over on our site, on the tease.com. Yes. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week, just like every week, uncovering industry news, looking into trends and diving into brands that you don't know, but you should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. I'm partial to this first one because I wrote it. Are you ever? The headline is, <laughs> Christopher Nizelli shares how to get Sarah Michelle Gellar's slaying good tonight show hairstyle. Yes, I did it. I did do that. You did. You added slaying in. Mm -hmm. I sure did. Had to. Beloved late 90s and aughts TV and film icon Sarah Michelle Gellar is back starring in and executive producing an all new show Wolfpack for Paramount Plus from Teen Wolf creator Jeff Davis. Gellar has been making the rounds on talk shows with dozens of dazzling appearances. We caught up with her longtime hairstylist Christopher Nizelli. To discuss a particular sleigh. Oh boy. He did it again. He did it again. Uh-huh. A recent <laughs> Tonight Show hairstyle featuring a killer black velvet bow. Big into the gawk glam vibes. Same. Kelly, we convinced you mm. to wear a headband on this very podcast. We did. Yes. Could we convince you to wear an oversized black velvet bow? <laughs> don't so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm just like... You know, looking at myself now on our video pod and I'm thinking that would be a real deal. I think I would channel more (laughs) Minnie Mouse than goth. And so I don't think it's for me. Okay. But I do want to say congrats on the ultimate fan. Is it it? Fangirl. It's a fangirl (laughs) moment. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big deal. I I feel like you might have had 
Sarah Michelle Geller's posters on your wall. Absolutely. I don't know. Absolutely. I did. <laughs> um, on a large size cutout. You know, we're not going to get into that, but we are going to say that it was a thrill. It was a thrill. Shout out to Christopher Nizelli. Um, loved that. And like, again, very detailed how to. So the I sort of buried it. But if you go through to that article, you'll find out exactly what to do, including which products. We love that. It's a fun Valentine's Day look. It is. There's still time. <laughs> All right. Next up. Quana Chasing Horse is Paul Mitchell's new global ambassador. If you don't already know Quana Chasing Horse's name, you most certainly should. The trailblazing indigenous model climate activist and land protector is one of the most prominent voices advocating for indigenous representation in the beauty industry. Already such a huge force in this space, Chasing Horse is now stepping into a brand new role as the newest face of John Paul Mitchell Systems. The hair care leader recently named the model and activist as global ambassador, and to kick off the partnership, Chasing Horse will be starring in the brand's iconic campaign, which celebrates bold, fearless trailblazers. Head to thetees.com to learn more. Not really a question. Really, it's a kudos to the John Paul Mitchell Systems team. Agree. Shout out to them. Kelly, what do you think that this will mean for little indigenous kids that are looking for greater representation? Oh, I mean, it's like kind of a goosebump moment. Mm -hmm. Like, I love it so much. She is stunningly beautiful mm-hmm. her hair is flawless check out all of the photos on the tease.com but you know i think michaeline de joria um the ceo who we've interviewed on the pod mm-hmm. is a visionary just like her father and so i think bringing these voices and faces and different people to the forefront for the brand is a slam dunk and um kudos to them as you said yeah we love to see it in addition, things that we are loving, last article that we're really all about on the tease.com right now is called Calling All Nail Artists Win a Cash Prize and a Trip to London in World's Star Nail Artist Competition. Applications are now open for World's Star Nail Artist, a brand new online art competition powered by Scratch Magazine and CND. For nail professionals who want to show off their skills and get their artwork in front of the biggest names in the industry, this is your time to shine. Head to the tease.com to learn all that you need to know about how to enter the prizes, all of that good stuff. Kelly, obviously you and I can't enter. We want everybody listening that's a nail artist to go ahead and do that. Totally. But we can talk about nail art. What I'd love to know mm-hmm. in reflecting on your sets, and you've had a few, mm-hmm. what's the like most extra that you've ever been? Like, What is the nail art that stands out like, where you're like, oh, wow, I, I went there with that choice? You know, I am a big advocate for the fabulousness that is the nail technicians and nail artists in our industry. Mm-hmm. I think that when your nails are done, you feel fantastic. Um, and so, you know, right now I must say I've got kind of a bold look on. Mm-hmm. You do. So I've got a light pink with a red cherry, red sort of French and rhinestones. Mm-hmm. And I was getting my nails done and I saw the gal next to me with all of the rhinestones. And I said, can I have some of those? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I like this look a lot and I'm changing it up. And I will tell you that my Instagram algorithm is mostly nail art. So there you have it. Mm, mm, so satisfying. <laughs> Love that. Um, again, so many things happening on the tease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We're proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, Susan Peterkin. Susan L. Peterkin is a voice of influence for natural hairstylists and naturalistas. An award-winning cosmetologist, hair loss expert, and natural hair and beauty industry pioneer with over 35 years of experience, Susan is responsible for creating several firsts, 
such as creating and implementing the first texture hair care program at a correctional facility, teaching the natural hair course at Montgomery College, opening the first all-natural hair, no extensions, salon in the DMV area, Jaha Hair Studio, from 1996 to 2021, and opening the first full-service natural hair salon located inside of a dermatologic office. Susan founded the Natural Hair Industry Convention, an education platform for the advancement of professionals. She's conducted groundbreaking research and developed the product formulations for her brand, Jaha Hair Care, an innovative solution that treats the symptoms of traumatic hair loss. In addition, Susan advocated for the passing of the Crown Act in state and local government, shout out Maryland, my home state, heavily influencing the culture to embrace natural hair. Susan has cultivated partnerships and collaborations with organizations such as the Paul Mitchell, The School, Asani, Texture vs. Race Collaborative as a coach, the Master Pioneer Awards, and more. As a speaker, creator, educator, mentor, and advocate, Susan is a trailblazer. Hey, Susan, welcome to the Volume Up Podcast. We are thrilled to have you. How's it going? It's going great. I'm so happy to be here, Jeff. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, we are thrilled. Um, Susan, if you wouldn't mind, I know certainly a lot about you, and we've given a little bit of an intro. I want everybody listening here to know more. So how did you get started in beauty? Can you just like lay it out for us? So I'm going to go all the way back. Bring it back. So if no one recognizes from my accent, I'm originally from Jamaica. And I'm going to tell you this. When I get really excited, mm-hmm. you might hear, you know, pieces of it coming out. We love it. But literally, I was that young lady in the bathroom with my girlfriends. And I laugh at them now because they used to let me shave their eyebrows with a straight razor and all that stuff and doing it. You know, I'm like, you guys were crazy. when We had a reunion <laughs> years ago. You know, y'all let me, you know, on your face. So I was that person. Mm. And then my mom wasn't particularly good with doing hair. So my sister and I had to learn real early how to take care of our own hair. Okay. So that's where my journey started. And also mm-hmm. I read a lot. In my downtime, mm-hmm. you'll see me, I'll, I'll, I will read, right? So I'm the youngest of four. So my siblings before me, they had all these books that they read for their literature classes and stuff. So during the summertime, I would read all their classes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what book I was reading and the word cosmetology just popped out at me. Mm-hmm. I was like about 12 years old. And I'm like, cosmetology, that, that's what it means? That's what I've been doing? And lo and behold, when I went back to school, one of the teachers gave us an essay to write. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Mm. And I'm like, oh, cosmetology. <laughs> I had no clue. It was a beautiful word. It, it sounds like what I was doing before. So yeah. I guess I spoke it into existence. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And didn't know how I was going to get there. But then fast forward, I'm 18 years old, living um, in Brooklyn from I was 16 years old, 18, just graduated from high school and decided that I wanted to get my hair braided. And the stylist who was doing my hair back then, who's one of the reasons why I ended up loving the industry so much, because I just love the way how she she carried herself, where she spoke to me, how she explained everything she was going to do. Mm-hmm. And she started, I was very curious and she explained. So I said, well, I want to braid my hair. And she introduced me to one of the icons in the industry, Miss Diane Bailey, who was literally living about um, half a block from me. And back then in Brooklyn, the the rave was to wear these tiny, intricate, um, really micro braids, right? Mm -hmm. With human hair, like just really long. And I really wanted that. And I had to save my money to get it. She did my hair. And while she was doing my hair, we were talking, but I I was also watching her doing it Uh and just really fascinated, right? And usually when you have that type of style, usually in about four weeks, 
you know, you take the edges out, shampoo, redo your hair. And I couldn't afford to do it. Mm. So I took them out myself and I redid the edges myself. And walking up the block one day, she saw me and she looked at me. She's like, you went to somebody else? And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Worse. I did it myself. She's like, what? I'm like, yes. And she looked at me and she said, I'm getting ready to open my salon in six months. You want to come work for me? And without even thinking, Jeff, I just said, yeah. Wow. And that's where my journey started. Uh Being a shampoo assistant, learning from the beginning, from scratch with her. So I started in this industry as a micro braider. I would spend like 10, 12 hours on one person's head all day. Wow. And of course, I have my carpal tunnel to, you know, that's where I started out. Wow. So um, I have 40 years in the industry and 38 years as a licensed cosmetologist. Incredible. Um, that is quite a journey. Um, and you've done so much more since yes. in this time, which we're going to get into. Um, but thank you for sharing that. I feel like the manifestation that like yes. calling forth the, the cosmetology. I, I love that. That's such an interesting take. We often hear people being like, oh, I had no idea or, oh, I always knew. Mm-hmm. But this one was pretty special. Yes. Yes. Um, so you've mentioned um, in the past that getting into the salon professional industry was not about styling for you. So then what was it about? It was always about how people felt. Mm. Even from the beginning with my friends and mm-hmm. when I did their eyebrows and they looked in the mirror <laughs> and they were like, oh, wow. And I'll just, my heart would just like palpitate, like, you know, mm-hmm. it just the way how people would feel. And the more I was in the salon, I realized it was the connection with the people mm-hmm. and how the conversations we would have and how I would learn, you know, from them. It was always much deeper. And then it got to another level where I started paying attention to my colleagues in the salon Mm -hmm. and how they interacted with each other and how we built relationship because I learned so much from all these women, the ones older than me, the ones younger than me. And that's one of the things that I love about this industry now in even being within the collaborative is being around all the artists and all everything that we know about each other and we learn from each other and we give back. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was always about going deeper, mm. not bigger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sort of a, I'm sort of an introvert un, until I'm talking about something that I'm really passionate about. You will probably see me like sitting outside and just watching everybody. Mm-hmm. And people tend to say, are you okay? And I'm okay. I'm just taking everything in. Taking it in. Yep. You know what I mean? So it, so it was never about the hairstyling. Cause I, as, as I always tell people, I can tell you so many stylists who can do hair, wrap me around their little finger and throw me aside. Right. I don't think that's true. But when it comes to people, customer service, um, finding that colleague who is amazing and recommend them to do something or mentor them or see them in a situation is like, well, you know, maybe you want to try this and this. And before when I was doing it, I didn't recognize what I was doing mm. until it was later on when a lot of people said, that's your that's your thing, Susan. People, people tend to open up to me. Mm-hmm. So I had to embrace that. Ugh. Well, you've done so much in the way of opening other people up as well. Um, so I think it's interesting you say that you're an introvert. I definitely see that. But then when you are passionate about something, I think you're such a force 
that you can't really mess with. Um, there's such like a, a dynamism that comes from you. Thank you. Um, talk to us a little bit about this mentorship um, that you talked about cultivating within your space and, and with others around you. How important would you say is mentorship within the salon professional industry? It is so important. When I opened my salon, uh, Jaha here studio in 1996, mm-hmm. I don't know how I decided to do it, but it was just like downloaded to me Like you only hire young people who you can train a certain way. So I would never hire someone who was um, had experience. Mm -hmm. I hired young people who just wanted the they had the energy. They wanted to do it. And as long as they wanted to do it, then I would train them. and I would mentor. I mean, I would do stuff like teach them how to, you know, open a bank account, you know, Mm -hmm. Stuff as personal as I'm um, walking them down to the corner and helping them to bribe the proper bra. I mean, mm. stuff like just to let them know how you show up for work. Real mentorship. How you do stuff, how you speak to people, you know? And that's what I realized. And the more I did it, the more I realized, like, I would be the person that they would call in the middle of the night before they even call their own parent. Mm. You know what I mean? So I started taking on that role and I realized I was really good at it. Mm -hmm. And even then I didn't realize that much, but then as I went along and I started training and I had young ladies and back then it was unheard of stayed with me 10, 13, 14, 15 years. Wow. Yeah. You know, build their career. And I see them now out there just amazing. And my heart just feels really good when I see them. You know what I mean? Mm. So that's what mentorship is, is to me. And then now that I realize that's my calling, and of course, the great kid, Neil, also told me, <laughs> uh-huh. said, that's your thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last uh, virtual convention we had, we started mentoring about seven young ladies in the industry, mm. and it has been going um, amazing, but I learned so much from mentoring that it's not even about just their lives in the industry, but it's also their family life and their personal lives that we have to bring. You can't talk about the industry without talking about all the other parts. It just, yeah. it just doesn't happen. Mm. Well, let's get into that because you, you just brought it up, which is the Natural Hair Industry Convention. Um, talk to us about how you founded this. Like, I, I want to know everything uh, because this is such a cool thing that you've done. Um, and I think that everybody needs to be aware. So where do we start? Okay, so the Natural Hair Industry Convention was started in, on paper, it was started in December 2013, on paper. Mm -hmm. Um, A colleague of mine, a younger colleague in the industry, Angela Walker, had this amazing show. And she had all these people at the show and she invited me. And I was just looking around and I mean, I think she had about a thousand people show up, but all these beautiful naturalists were standing around Mm -hmm. and like didn't know really know what to do. And I reached out to her and I was like, hey, you know, we need to do something together. Because before that, I had a, a event called Nurturing the Natural You, which was basically the same thing, you know, nurturing, you know, you see the words coming back. It's mm-hmm, always mm-hmm. that with me. It's always the nurturing, the mentoring. Going deeper, yeah. You know, go deeper, right? Deeper, not wider, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I said, let's do something together. She said, what does that look like? And I said, we need to do something for professionals. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we are not representative. When, representing. when we go to the hair shows, <sighs> we were not representative. It was like one or two product line. Mm-hmm. As I said, I learned in the Mecca, Brooklyn, about natural hair. So it was already in me, it was who I am. 
I mean, I think I per out of my I, I just turned 58. So out of my 58 years, I think I had a perm in my hair maybe two years. Mm. You know what I mean? And I did not like it. Mm. I didn't like the way my hair looked. It was flat to my head. So it's a part of me. So when I went to the shows and I see saw what they were doing, I'm like, this is not what needs to be done. This is not right. Mm. Our professionals need to know we're not representing. And I said, so we need a space where we can network. Mm-hmm. Number one, because if you're going to have an um, kind of organization network, we get left out because um, a lot of us weren't licensed mm-hmm. and didn't know where we belong, but making money. We were in our homes making money, yep, yep, making good money, sending our kids to school, doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But we didn't want to go through a program that didn't represent us. Right. Yep. And and didn't know how to teach us. So we decided to create that space for ourselves uh, where we invited all the top people in our industry, both licensed and unlicensed mm-hmm. who have been working for a long time so we can network. So it was business classes, technique classes and just comradery and networking and building each other up. So that's how the convention was starting. Our first event was downtown Silver Spring, around the corner from my salon. What we did was we got about 50 of the major people in the industry, and we just asked, we just had like a two-hour, like, you know, conversation, food conversation. What do you think, see this um, event looking like? What do we need to do? And we asked them, and then in 2015, we had our first um, convention, two days at in Baltimore, and it was amazing. Totally amazing. Everybody left there just on a high, feeling good, you know, like, oh, we, we really needed it. So that's how it came out. Uh, well, incredible. Um, and there's been, obviously, subsequent events. In 2019, we went virtual. Um, yeah, 2019 was the last um, face-to-face in Atlanta. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, did, we did a few years in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and then we moved it uh, the next three years in Atlanta. And so now... With the upcoming convention, the first in which you're back in person, what are you feeling? How is this going? Talk to us about that. Oh, it's it's going to be different because, as I said, with me, it's about going deeper, not wider. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of sad, a little bit. You might hear me get choked up. I lost my dad about, you know, a year and a half ago. Sorry to hear that. He was major in my life. Mm. You'll go to the convention. Everybody knew him. You would see him taking pictures and Ugh. all that stuff. It took me to a place, Jeff, where I didn't realize. And I was like, mental health. And I knew it from before. Mm. You know, with, with dealing. I have two amazing children, but they struggled with different, you know, issues. And, I, and so mental health, I knew it was important. And I credit my daughter with pushing me to recognize that mental health is so important because mm-hmm. in, you know, in our community is like as black women push through it, you know, don't be strong. Don't yep. worry about that. You know? Yeah. And I have to confess, I was one of those, you know, strong black women who's like, Oh, just get over it, girl. It's nothing. Get over it. But when it came up and bit my head off mm. is either I, ha- I was going to go in a hole or I was going to deal with it. And my personality is I'm going to deal with it. Mm. I don't have no time to, I'm going to deal with it. So, <laughs> so once I opened myself up, it's like people started coming to me mm. because the young ladies that I'm mentoring, oh my gosh, I realized also we need to do something about mental health also. Mm. So 
I decided to add another layer. So instead of just doing networking and technique, we're going to have a mental health and wealth day. And guess who is our honored guest? Who? Yann Lavanzant. Oh, my God. If you don't know who you, I mean, come on. This is big. This is huge. Congrats. Yes, yes, yes. So the first day is going to be our health and wellness community day. We're going to invite the community in, right? And we're going to um, talk about, you know, building up your spirit, your mind, your body. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're going to deal with the children to, you know, let them be more secure in who they are, mm. their hair, the way they look. So it's going to be a community event. And then later on that evening, we're going to have the Master Pioneer Awards. So the Master Pioneer Awards in the natural hair industry is like the Oscars, mm-hmm. right? This is where we honor the trailblazers in our industry. Uh, this has been going on since, since 2010 and it's every other year. Mm. So this year, then the Master Pioneer Awards in the afternoon. And then on Sunday, we're going to have, and in the meanwhile, we're going to have a main stage with different people on the main stage, but then we're going to have our classes, techniques, our, our networking um, you know, events. And one of the things that I'm looking to do, and we're working on it right now, it's very important to me to have the younger generation understand how this industry came to be mm. and who are the pioneers. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever heard of someone named Anu Prestone? I've not, no. Okay. So have you ever seen that cover of Essence magazine with Queen Latifah and she has this braid look like a crown? Yep. That's Anu Prestone's work. So we need people to know all these people who created the style that folks are working on now. Iconic imagery. Yep. And calling it different names. Mm -hmm. So do you know when you go to like a museum and they have like a little room and they have this video just playing all the time, you know, about different things. So I want to have a room where people can go and just kind of relax, get away from everyone. But then they're getting information that's very important to the industry. So I have that also in mind. These are the kind of things that I'm going to have ready. You know? Yeah. My project manager is going to be so upset because now that I'm telling you, we have to do it, right? And now you got to, exactly. <laughs> you're speaking it more than into existence. So good luck to them. Yes. Yes. So those are some of the things that we have, you know, so, you know, we have a lot of people lined up, mm-hmm. not going to mention a name until they actually sign on the dotted line and everything, but it's going to be amazing. But of course, you know, texture versus race is going to be in the house too. So. <laughs> love, 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 love that. that. Yes. All right. Where can people, first of all, when roughly is this taking place? How could people keep up with the updates and uh, register, et cetera? Yeah. So, um, so we, we already, um, have the basic tickets on Eventbrite. Um, yeah. So, uh, and we're going to be updating that now. Okay. Now that we're going to, um, we're finally look like we have our, our space that we're going to be doing it. But it's October 7th to the 9th, and it's going to be in Baltimore, Maryland. We try to get someplace close to the airport so people can come back and forth. Mm -hmm. So within the next two weeks, we'll make the announcement. We'll have the save the date and start updating the Eventbrite page. Congratulations. And of course, follow Natural Hair Industry to keep get all the updates. Yep. And we will do you a solid and everybody listening a solid. We're going to be including links to social media channels, to the Eventbrite, everything in the show notes. So awesome. make it nice and easy for y'all to just scroll through and click yes. and make this happen. Uh, awesome. So excited about that. All right. But that is just one thing that you're up to. Um, <laughs> you're a busy lady. Uh, <laughs> Very. And we're going to talk about those things. I think importantly, 
uh, is that you've got yourself a hair care line. Um, so you had mentioned that you were a salon owner long time. Mm-hmm. What made you decide that you were going to go into hair care specifically? It was out of necessity. It wasn't something that I, you know, I, I needed, I needed a certain type of oil yep. hair care for my clients mm-hmm. and I just didn't see it. So I decided to do my research and created it for myself. So for the past 20 years, it was just inside my salon. Mm. I never took it outside because I was never interested in taking it outside. Sure. Right? So that was the basic oil that I created. I wanted an oil because my salon, Jaha Hair Studio, was the first all-natural hair salon, no extensions, in the DMV area, right? Opened in 1996. So we use a lot of natural oils and herbs and all that kind of stuff in the salon. You walked in the salon, Mm -hmm. the smell was just amazing, right? Absolutely amazing. So as I said, I needed it, so I created that. Then about, I think after I had my daughter, um, I had some thyroid issue. I noticed that I I started thinning and I'm like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. But then once I started noticing myself, you know, your clients usually reflect you. So my my clients are growing older with me. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I realized if I do a hundred people for the week, maybe 50% of them have some kind of thinning or hair loss or something is going on. Mm-hmm. Like, Wait a minute, something is going on, right? So I decided to start looking into herbs and natural remedies and stuff to start combat this hair loss. So I created um this thing called a herbal rinse, which I still use today, is one of my biggest biggest sellers mm. in the salon and endorsed by Dr. Kendrick for her clients who have, you know, uh, symptoms of um, inflammation, hair, in- inflammatory hair loss, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very soothing and relaxing also. And then I decided to create what I call my stimulating oil. And I never say gross because I'd never want to tell people that this is going to grow your hair because I'm just good for you. That kind of stuff. Right. So it stimulates, it stimulates and soothes mm. the, um, the symptoms of traumatic hair loss, which is CCCA traction, alopecia, those inflammatory types of hair loss. So didn't really realize what I was created, mm-hmm. but once I was with Dr. Kendrick, she confirmed that the ingredients that I had in the product, and of course, since then I've changed a couple of ingredients because now we also know that some some natural oils like lavender and rosemary are um, endocrine um, disruptors. Mm-hmm. So you know, just kind of change the formula around, but still have you know make sure that it's it does the work and soothes you know the hair loss. So that's how I I started with the the product line. And of, and of course, you know, the other day I got with this whole brush thing, you know what I mean? I, I was using a brush and every minute I was using a brush, it, the brush would just break. And I'm like, but this brush is really good. Mm-hmm. So I set out over a one year period to make this brush stronger. And this brush has just been amazing. So that's the Peter Kindred brush. I saw that brush at the TVR Summit. Uh, it was a hot, hotly demanded item. Yes. People were screaming for it across the, yes. the rooms to, to make sure that they had them. Uh, so I, I can attest to that. Um, talk to us a little bit about what you mentioned, um, re-traumatic hair loss. I don't know that all of our audience is going to be as sort of aware or sensitive to this. You'd mentioned your clientele. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Let's unpack that a little bit. 
Yeah. So, so as I said, um, I decided to, to specialize, mm-hmm. um, maybe about six, seven years ago because of what I was going through myself. I was diagnosed by Dr. Shoshana Kindred of having two types of hair loss. Mm-hmm. I have, um, hormonal hair loss and I have an inflammatory hair loss. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, both of them are genetic, mm-hmm. right? You know, my dad has male pattern baldness. My, my mom has female pattern baldness. I suspect that my dad has um, uh, CCCA, which is central centrifugal cicatrical alopecia, mm-hmm. right? And basically the central because the center of your hair, centrifugal because it spreads all the way out, cicatrical because it's inflamed. And of course, alopecia just means hair loss, mm-hmm. right? So that's CCCA. It's actually the number one hair loss um, for most African-American um, women and, and a lot of men too. And um, so it you know shows up, you get itchy, burning, tenderness. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still doing a lot of research on it, right? So there was so much going on in our community that I decided to specialize. So I kind of stepped away from regular hairstyling Mm-hmm. And I would I started only seeing clients with hair loss. And then and at the time I was a patient of Dr. Kendred and uh, she decided to leave the um, uh, the hospital where she was working and open her own practice. Mm-hmm. And like 3 a.m. in the morning, I text her and I'm like, girl, I think you should work together. <laughs> I love it. And she's like, she's like, Absolutely. And we've been doing it for the past four years. So literally, mm. we opened the first full service hair salon inside of a dermatology practice. Like literally, the clients would, I would, they would come in, they get their hair shampooed by me. I give them their treatment. Uh, this is typical of someone who has like uh, um, inflammatory hair loss, like CCA, CCCA, or traction alopecia. And they would walk across to her with their hair fully shampooed, blown out, dry, twisted, you know, some big twist. Mm-hmm. She would give the, you know, give their, them, them sh- their shots and they would come back over and I would style their hair and they would leave. Wow. Or if she gave them, you know, some kind of medication, mm-hmm. I would still go over with them, you know, how they should apply it, mm-hmm. when they should apply it, what kind of products to use, what hairstyles is best. You know, I've held a lot of hands crying because hair loss is emotional. Very emotional, very emotional for me mm-hmm. too. I had to, that's one of the reasons why when you see I'm embracing my grays these days, because I know it's better for me, mm-hmm. you know, with my hair loss mm-hmm. to stay away from color. Harsh color. Yeah. For me, that is, you know what I mean? So I just decided to to specialize because there's not too many of us who truly understand about hair loss as um, natural hairstylists, licensed cosmetologists in the industry. Mm. Another example of going deeper, Susan. Uh, yes, deeper. All right. Deeper. You're giving me the chills. Um, well, talk to us about this initiative that you've got. This is new, um, which is Check Your Center Part. Can you explain sort of why this is important? Yes. So remember when I told you that most hair loss shows up in the crown mm-hmm. and with Black women, it's always, you know, in the center, right? And I really wanted to come up with a simple tool, technique, for my colleagues to detect hair loss, mm. because guess why? We are on the front line of hair loss. Mm. Clients come to us first before they go to a dermatologist. Yep. They want to confirm. Yeah. Yep. As a matter of fact, most people don't know that a dermatologist is who you should go to for 
um, scalp care, mm. right? And unfortunately, we have all these classes out there where people are teaching and stuff. But here's the thing, Jeff, hair loss is a disease. Yep. A lot of people coming to us for disease, it's a very dangerous territory, mm -hmm. right? Because also time equals follicles, Yep. right? So the time that you're spending using this product, that product, or kind of guessing work, mm -hmm. your hair loss is getting worse and worse and worse. So I want stylists to work directly with dermatologists who specializes in hair loss. Mm. So I came up with this simple tool that it's a service. They can charge a little extra for it. I recommend that they make it a part of their consultation. Sure. And, you know, I go through, it's 15 minutes and you go through and you let your clients know, okay, this is what we're going to do is just like getting a treatment, like a steam treatment mm -hmm. or a protein is that's just, it, it's a treatment. Mm -hmm. You, you want to find out so you can track your clients and see who is um, about to have hair loss or who can have hair loss in the future so that you can send them. And of course, I recommend that every stylist have at least three to four dermatologists name that they send their clients to that they work well with. Mm -hmm. That is a dermatologist. They can literally go to their office, shadow them, learn from them so that they know exactly what's going on. Yeah. So you had a personal connection with a dermatologist, which makes me makes it a little bit easier mm -hmm. um, for someone who's listening, who's interested in this and is trying to connect the dots as you're describing. How could they get in touch with a dermatologist? Like where should they look like any pro tips there? Yeah, definitely. So as I said, I've been very fortunate to know some of the top uh, dermatologists in the area. Mm -hmm. Dr. Shoshana Kendred, Dr. Yolanda Lenzi, Dr. Mina Singh, and they've all been at the convention talking about hair loss. Dr. Osei Tutu. Another reason to go. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to come. That's you, you learn, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. They have now recognized that they need to partner with us mm -hmm. because they now understand, right? They now understand that we recognize hair loss very, very early. Mm -hmm. But so now that they are empowering us, trying to teach us so that we can recognize it early so that it will make their jobs easier so they can have more people, you know, growing their hair back or getting treatments earlier. Because 10 years ago, there wasn't hardly any treatments. Let me tell you something. There's so much stuff that these dermatologists have in their toolbox to regrow your hair. Mm. It's, it's just amazing. You know what I mean? So I would say to stylists, anyone in the industry, find a dermatologist, just start calling up, like, you know, who specialize in hair loss. And it's very important, mm. specialize in hair loss. In hair loss. As I said, I was very fortunate that Dr. Kendred was the, um, just this past outgoing chair of the National Medical Association section, the dermatology section. So she had all the, yes, I was very fortunate to be able to. Casual. So Yeah, casual. So, you know, I, I learned a lot from them, but I know a lot of these dermatologists want stylists to come and work with them, mm. but they want to make sure these stylists that their moral code is right mm. when they come. Okay. Because we know that, you know, oh, I can grow your hair. I can do this and we can do this. But no, because hair loss is a disease mm. and we are not medical professional. Period. Period. Okay. 
Well, that was quite a journey. Um, something else that you managed to do while doing all of these other things is some legal advocacy. I know. So, I mean, you in particular, which is why it's such a privilege to be chatting with you, had a big part in the Crown Act passing in the state of Maryland, has not passed nationwide yet, which is a shame, and we'll get into that. Yes. But it mm -hmm. did in Maryland. How did this happen? How did you get involved? Talk to us about it. Actually, I got involved on the local level first. Mm. My county that I live in, Montgomery County, Maryland, was the first local county to pass the Crown Act. OK, so here it is now. So I've had my salon for how long now? A, a, a long time. And this young man, Will Jawando, who used to get his hair cut at my salon, OK, is now a county council member. So we're coming out of a meeting, you know, about what's going on in the neighborhood, mm -hmm. because I'm also the president of the, I didn't put that in my thing, but I'm also the president of our local. Of course you are, Susan. Of course you are. Business. Not surprised. Yep, sure. Um, nonprofit association mm -hmm. to help the small business in the area. So we're coming out of a meeting and he's like, Susan, right? And I'm like, yeah, job, right? He said, I used to get my hair cut. You know, the barber who's yet, you know, we used to um, partner together being the same, but he's since moved on. I'm like, yeah, I know. And he's like, yeah, Will, I used to get my hair done. Yeah, I said, yeah, I know. He's like, listen, mm -hmm. <laughs> he's like, listen, I'm getting ready to, um, you know, petition to pass the Crown Act. You know, and I'm wondering if you, you know, could help me out. I'm like, sure, no problem. You know, so we got together, we worked it out. I testified mm -hmm. and everything. And then they passed it locally. It was amazing. You know, they featured me on the local news and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, it was passed locally. And then I was reached out to to come and do it, you know, nationally. And um, and, and one of the reasons why I also know about what to do about the Crown Act was um, my mentor, uh, when I first started in the industry, so I worked for Diane Bailey. She was instrumental in it passing first in New York and California. So with being around her, I learned about that and, you know, was knew exactly what to do to um, move forward in my own community. Well, congratulations um, and shout out to you and the DMV and to Maryland for getting things right. Um, hopefully, at some point, we can see this pass nationwide. Yeah, it will. Eventually, it will. No, we will. We will. It's just, mm -hmm. it's long overdue. Yeah, yeah. And the Senate has a lot to be ashamed about yep. for this because it seems like a no-brainer. Let's talk a little bit about how you and I connected. Okay. Which is via the Texture versus Race 2022 Summit, which also took place in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. We've obviously connected with Kia on our podcast. She came and reflected with me, which was really meaningful um, for me, at least. I'd love to hear, like, how did you get connected with Kia first? <laughs> so, um, well, of course, you know, she's in the industry. So you see her name, you know, and Kia is always saying stuff that makes you just kind of like, what? <laughs> You know, so I've always loved listening to her, but we were big into Clubhouse, Clubhouse with new, mm -hmm. and we were talking about all these controversial issues in the natural hair industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kia was invited to one. And when Kia started talking, there was silence. And it was obvious, like almost no one agreed with her. Mm -hmm. 
about inclusion and all that kind of stuff. You know, because as I shared before you, um, Jeff, when I came up on the TVR stage, honestly, when I was in it, started natural here industry convention, I had no interest with inclusion, uh-huh. right? Like none. And I think it was so beautiful what you said. So it was just about my community. It wasn't that I was being, it was just my community and I was just focusing on my community, right? Yep. But when you start going deeper, mm-hmm. right? And you go deeper within yourself, you can't. Mm-hmm. You cannot. But I do believe that we should be inclusive, but I should I but I definitely believe as Kia does that we should be one steering the wheel. Mm. Right? Because it's our experience. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. So we are we should be at the forefront, but definitely the inclusion, listen to everyone, embrace everyone, right? So I just started laughing and I couldn't, you know, didn't understand. But anyway, <laughs> was trying to contact another person in the industry and that person just would not return her calls and she bought a ticket to our virtual event mm-hmm. and she saw me on the stage so this is how i am like in the background a lot of people didn't know that i was like the co-founder of the natural hit industry because i didn't really put it out there i'm just mm-hmm. you know i love being in the background and just doing stuff i'm i'm just now within the last year or two decided to like put my face out there people know who i am and stuff like that mm-hmm. so Kia DM me and she's like, hey, I'm trying to reach out to the CEO of, of the Natural Hair Industry Convention. Can you um, hook me up? And I'm like, you're speaking to her. And we just connected. Mm. We just really connected, really connected. I love that. Um, Susan, where do you see our industry headed? Um, I mean, I think that, again, with your convention and with TVR's most recent summit, um, there's momentum in a certain direction towards expansiveness and greater inclusion. Um, but there's always a little bit of stepping backwards. And mm-hmm. I would love to like get your take on where we're at, where you think we should be. Um, what are your what are your thoughts? So I think I think we should be exactly where we are. And as I said, I keep using the word just go deeper. Mm-hmm. Our clients come to us and they tell us everything, right? Mm. So you see a lot of mental health training now. They're doing it with barbers. I don't know if you know the program they're doing with barbers. Yep. Nope. Yep. Mental training. Absolutely. Such important work. Yeah. So I am now, that's number one for me right now in in the industry Mm. to bring that awareness and to solidify our presence in our community, Mm. health and wellness, right? That's where we are. Mm -hmm. I don't want us to be known specifically for styling the hair alone. Mm. Yes. There's a lot of amazing stylists. But I want us to be known as the place where you can come to if you need some help. We should, as hairstylists, a hair salon, we should have information for our clients. If they need to go, um, if someone had a fire in their house or mm-hmm. they need some help to get some um, clothes or food or something, that's how I see us in the community. We, we are almost like the backbone of our community. Mm-hmm. People come to us and talk to us. So that's where I see this industry going. We need to just dig our roots even deeper, you know, let people know politics. Lean in, yeah. You know, politics. We need to talk about politics, mm-hmm. all that stuff mm-hmm. in our community. So that's where I see me and I see um, us pushing the community forward and just opening up certain conversations. Mm. Because when you talk to your stylist, it's a whole different conversation. So I just want the conversation to get, you know, wider, wider, but then going really deep and knowing that we can talk and not be upset and accept and still agree to disagree, but all move forward. Mm. 
Uh, I'm loving this, especially because it's making me think of our combo at the beginning, which is that you coming into this industry wasn't about the hairstyling. No, at all. <laughs> and this is like bearing true every time we're, we're, we're talking a little bit. It's like, oh, yep, that's why. That's why. Um, the bigger the bigger purpose. Um, but let's be honest, you've been doing hairstyling for almost 40 years. Yes. Um, and we've heard a little bit of chatter that you're thinking of perhaps retiring. Yes. Um, so... Talk to us about this. What's what was the impetus? Yes, and, and unfortunately, I I mentioned it in jest about a month ago. Two of my clients were sitting there, and they looked at me traumatized. And I realized <laughs> I can't just take this thing for granted. Yeah. But here's the thing: I'm tired physically. It's exhausting. This is yeah, it's exhausting. I'm, and this is something we don't talk about enough. Um, so I'm glad you're bringing it up. Yes. This is hard work. I'm physically exhausted, mm-hmm. and. You know that little secret that I really can't talk about? But I said, you know, it's coming. Mm-hmm. And when it comes, it needs my attention 100%. I cannot be behind the chair. Okay. And then me wanted to go deeper mental health in the industry, mentoring. I cannot be behind the chair. But I will not leave my clients high and dry. <laughs> Peter Kindred is going to be going on. I'm going to be hiring stylists to work. I'm still going to be there for my clients doing all the consultation, mm-hmm. you know, talking to them about hair loss. So I'm still going to be here, but I'm just not going to be physically behind the chair. Uh, well, we are so excited for what this is going to look like moving forward uh, for what's next for you. Um, and you're going to keep us in touch. We want to know about all of these updates, definitely, including everything re the convention, like you're not going to get rid of us. Uh, so don't worry. No, definitely. As a matter of fact, I hope that you guys will be there. I, I'm, I'm always thrilled to go back to Baltimore. I'm originally from Baltimore. Oh, you are? Okay, great, great. So when awesome. Kia had the summit, I was like, well, we'll be there. You talking about this convention? We'll be there. All right. Shout out to Maryland for real. Awesome, awesome. Um, doing big things. Yes. All right. One last time before we get into our quick takes and wrap, mm-hmm. where can people find you, find your products, find like just all of the plugs? Where can they go? So my products are Jaha Naturals. You can also find it at Peter Kendred, which is a salon. I have a link to my products. Mm-hmm. And of course, my personal page is Susan L. Peterkin. Um, you know, I talk about my family and everything <laughs> like that. So you know me personally. And then, of course, Natural Hair Industry, the industry page. Amazing. And again, everything will be linked in the show notes. So yes. make sure you're following, please. <laughs> all right, you. let's do our quick takes. Susan, these are the questions that we ask of all of our guests. Mm-hmm. The first question, what is the first ever product that you remember owning, you to your hair, or that maybe was purchased for you at your request? Uh, mascara. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I love that. Well, especially uh, you've conjured up such this this image of you helping the friends in the in the bathroom with, <laughs> yeah, with the eyebrows and stuff. And I and I use the mascara on my lashes and my brows. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, cool. Are you superstitious? And if so, about what? No, I'm not superstitious, but I'm very aware. I'm a very aware person. I said I'm an introvert, so I'm always looking and listening. Taking it in. But not not superstitious at all. No. Okay. Okay. Who would play you in a biopic of your life? Younger Susan, Queen Latifah. Older Susan, Octavia Spencer. Oof, yeah. I love 
both of those casting decisions um, co-signed. Let's make that project happen. Yes. Yep. Um, Susan, what do you consider to be the ultimate comfort food? You know, anything with bread. Okay. I'm good. Give me some bread and butter and I'm good. I can survive on bread and butter every, I mean, have you, have you ever had Jamaican hard dough bread? I, no, that, I was just going to ask you, if it's not Jamaican, what are we going to yes, do? It, I okay. invite you to get you. And next time I see you, yep. I'm going to some Jamaican hard dough bread, warm it up, put some butter on it. Oh, <laughs> that sounds so good. It's over. Um, yep. Okay. All right. I'm going to take you up on that. Don't worry. All right. Our last question. Say you're deserted on an island somewhere. You can only bring. Th- it's not Jamaica. It's not somewhere nice. <laughs> You can only bring three beauty products. Okay. You don't have to worry about water or food. Like we're, we're good. Mm-hmm. You, you're not going to die. Okay. But three beauty products. What are they going to be? Definitely my original Jaha hair, original oil, uh, set of fill, my set of fill lotion in a jar. So good. Set of fill. My number one beauty product. I have a tube in every bag. Turn up the volume, everybody. What is it? Aquaphor. Wow. I literally have a tube in every bag. Sleeper hit. We love it. Yep. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Incredible. All right, Susan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the Volume Up podcast. Thank you. It was my pleasure. This was fun. All right, Jeff, I loved it. And I love her term naturalistas, right? she's the best so good i just i can't i'm i loved chatting with her as i said her voice is so mm, chef's kiss um (laughs) and the conversation incredible such experience she's done it all Mm -hmm. and she's you know a local hero from from my perspective although you know in a roundabout way um so shout out to her shout out uh and make sure you guys are checking out all of the links that we've dropped in the show notes to to show some love agree So be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tees and send in questions to volumeup at thetees.com. Volume Up is a Tees Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Volks for the custom Volume Up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.